This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for How to Superage with Elise Marie Collins. And Elise, I'm excited about your guest today because we're sort of taking a different pathway about aging. And uh, I think you are going to enjoy uh, Alicia and Eric because uh, I've had the opportunity to talk to them myself and um, I just wanted a second opportunity. So I thought, hey, who better to host them than you? So go ahead. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you so girl. much. Hi. Yeah, I'll intro you. I'm just going to do a little intro for my book. Whoops, there we go. There <laughs> um, this is my book, Chakra Tonics. It just came out in a second edition, July 12th. Well, it was a little while ago because now we're already in September, but you know how the months are going by in 2022. If you don't like swallowing pills, you prefer to make drinks for superfoods, get your nutrition from Chakra Tonics. Try it. It's a great book. We'll leave a link in the show notes and you can also learn about your chakras. Today, we're gonna to talk to some musicians and that's the throat chakra listening and vocalizing you know it, it's it's generally uh the creativity center where we put out like our sort of creative vision we all do it in different ways some of us talk on <laughs> podcasts and some of us are musicians but we're going to hear um from alicia aragon and eric lieberman eric lieberman yes thank you i'm going to pull up their bio and yeah, we're going to hear about them. And Alicia is on vocals or she's a vocalist. And Eric is a guitarist and he's a leader. <laughs> They've got a band and it's called Blue Largo. And they're on a mission. Their mission is great to bring love and harmony back into our world. And they have a new album, which we're going to hear about. I'm going to let them tell you a little bit more about it. Um, but when they formed in 2000, they played... 40s and 50s blues covers, um, Diana Washington, Louis Jordan, and T-Bone Walker. I know a little bit about music as a <laughs> mom of a musician <laughs> and a lot of musicians and in my family, but we're going to hear so much. And one of the reasons I wanted to have them on the show is because music is so important to aging. It's great if you play an instrument. Not everybody plays an instrument, but that um, connection, your brain body connection through whether it's fingering or vocalizing, because you're using your senses in music, you're listening, and maybe using uh, your hands if you're playing an instrument that requires um, that that hand coordination. One of my professors, in case you're listening for the first time, or like my guests don't know me that well, I am a gerontologist. And one of my professors had a PhD in music and a PhD in gerontology. She was a harpist and she did some really amazing studies on Alzheimer's and found that musicians are less likely to get Alzheimer's and because they have a much stronger brain body connection. So I think that's all I wanna say right now about our guests. They're gonna tell us about their new uh, album that's out. And we're gonna learn a lot more about, I think I'd like to start, we're gonna learn about them. And I wanna learn about 
Um, what role does music play in your life? Has it always been a part of your life? And you can both answer all these questions or defer to each other. I just love to hear from both of you because I think you're a dynamic duo or you might have another name for it. <laughs> uh, dynamic duo is okay. Duo is okay. Our, our band is actually a seven piece band. And um, on our new record, there's a, our core band, which is seven pieces. Plus, you know, there are some, additional horns and uh, organs and violin on some stuff and backing vocals so it's a pretty big production but alicia could you just grab a cd out of that box right over there since you're closer to it we are so not prepared that i'm we're doing this interview to promote our new record and that's okay no but here here it is it's called you got to believe um Hold it closer to the camera and even describe it because some people will be listening on the airwaves and they won't be able to see it. it is, that, is that good? That or? looks great. It's got a nice blue Largo. It it looks like a nice CD. And <laughs> it's a painting that a friend of ours did. And this is our band on the back. That's nice, the, nice. Yeah. Band photo. And it's chock full of liner notes if you were looking for some bedtime reading. But um, to answer your, well, well first of all, um, the, the title track, You Got to Believe, I guess it applies um, to people that are aging, but I think it would apply to anybody. Um, it's really a song that came to me about... Um, persevering uh, to achieve your goals and not giving up even when it seems like the obstacles may be insurmountable. Um, I don't know if Karen told you, Elise, but I've been dealing with a, a neurological condition called focal dystonia for over the past 15 years. And, um, you know, I, it's a very difficult thing to completely overcome. There's no real medications for it. There's some, um, you know, f f you know, therapies that that are recommended, uh, and sometimes more successful than others. Um, but but th that's what I believe in. You know, and I, I've I've been steadfast on this journey to overcome this for the past 15 years. And I've made great progress. I think I'm a probably 90, 95% back, back to where I was. Um, I often play with a thumb pick instead of a flat pick as a guitar player, which is the way I've always played with a flat pick. But um, it's it's somewhat of a crutch to me. And it, But it, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't legitimize my playing. And it allows me to play the closest to uh, the way I did before I developed this condition. Um, and to answer your question more directly, has music always been a part of our lives? Um, I would have to say that for me, I became aware of live music at a very young age. Um, I grew up in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and um, in, in the uh, early 60s, long before, you know, the Bruce Springsteen um you know, long before Bruce Springsteen put Asbury Park on the map, I there I remember going to the boardwalk with my parents often in the summer, and um, we would park on a street that was perpendicular to the boardwalk, and would be walking towards the boardwalk past this bar in Asbury called the Wonder Bar, which is still there. Um, 
and I would hear, I, this is the first time I remember hearing live music and they had these windows in the summer that would be open. So the music would be like wafting out of the windows at a pretty loud volume. And I remember like looking in and seeing these guys playing guitars and drums on this stage. And I was probably five or six years old, but it was, uh, it made a big impact on me. And um, I started taking guitar lessons right after I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show in 1964. And it hasn't stopped. The desire, the drive and the passion has not stopped. You know, that, that, that was about, I don't know, almost 60 years ago, I guess. So yes, it's always been a primary part of my life. I never played sports, was never any good in sports or anything, you know? So, um, it, it was, it's, it's always been my number one thing. Alicia. But for me, um, uh, even though I always appreciated music and I'm a Motown girl and, um, my parents were very, um, musical. I, I was actually a great shower singer. <laughs> <laughs> Until he, <laughs> until he uh, noticed me. You still sound good in the shower. <laughs> I still sound good. Yes. Get a good acoustics in the shower. <laughs> and I was always way too shy, but I always appreciated music. And um, Eric is my greatest inspiration because he's really uh, been behind me getting out there and doing something that I wouldn't normally do because I'm pretty um, shy in many ways. Um, so... But yes, music has always been, you know, I've always been as a teenager, as an adult, as a mature person, we, that it's, it's part of our life. And, and it, you know, I, and, I, even though Alicia says she, she hasn't done it in professionally <laughs> until I twisted her arm to do it, that was 22 years ago. So at this point, she's, she's not a novice at all. And, um, the cool thing is, is that I met Alicia at a um, club that I was playing at three nights a week, 50 nights out of the year for four years back in the early to mid 80s. And she was waitressing there. And um, I learned that she always very intentionally would only seek out waitressing jobs at venues that had live blues soul or jazz music because she she loved it that much she didn't want to work any place unless it was a live you know music venue with that kind of music and you um, learn a lot you know by <laughs> being a, a a spectator you know so, and i always appreciated that and i got to meet some of the best musicians ever so i'm really honored that i uh, had that opportunity wow I love that. I love what you said about it's well, the story that you are a great shower singer. There's probably a lot of great shower singers listening. And it also <laughs> speaks to it's never too late. It's never too late at any oh. age to begin singing and out of the shower, in the shower. Um, see, singing is a great healing, in my opinion. And I also love the song, um, You Gotta Believe, because I think at any age, you know, we just, our frame, our frame of mind changes as we age because we've had more life experience, but we've just got to have a different kind of believing. I'm thinking of that, especially because I have a 23 year old, you know, and, and right now it can be challenging to be a young person looking for a job or whatever you're doing. There's always going to be life's challenges, but we just have a different, uh, 
different perspective. We've got to, we, we have things to overcome. We've had more experiences maybe where we have overcome, but sometimes we have bigger uh, challenges. And it sounds like the dystonia was a big challenge. Um, tell us a little bit more about that challenge and maybe even describe what it is, because I've done a little research, but I don't know exactly what vocal dystonia is. Vocal with an F. Focal. Oh yeah. Focal. Then that's your hand. Yes. Okay. Focal. Yes. Focal, first of all, focal dystonia is, is called focal because it's focused to one part of your body and mostly only doing one particular activity. Surgeons can get it. Medical surgeons, dentists can get it. it usually working with if you get it in your hands, it's not just being a musician, but it's working with any very fine uh, hand movement. Um, and uh, it, what it is, f first of all, it comes on suddenly, at least for me it did, or my awareness of it was sudden. I was pl playing for 30 years, <laughs> no problems at all. One night we were playing a gig at a small venue in San Diego. And from the beginning of the night, my picks were flying out of my hand across the floor. It was almost if my thumb was coming up involuntarily. Um, and I, at that time, there was a doctor, a pathologist named John Campbell, who followed our band, and I asked him about it, and he said it may be something neurological. You should go see your primary care physician about it. So I did, and he referred me to a neurologist in San Diego, a guy named Dr. Jablecki, and um, they just do a uh, clinical test on you for about an hour and a half. You tried to get me to do all kinds of things. And, you know, there's no blood test or MRI or anything that will show it. And after about an hour and a half, he said, I think you have focal dystonia. And it sounded like some kind of, you know, Russian word or Indian word. I, and uh, lo and behold, I became an expert on it myself within a couple of weeks. And um, what it, what happens is that it, it, it first of all there are certain there's a gene that predisposes you to it and jews from lithuania for whatever reason are more predestined to have this gene than other people and uh my my grandmother on my mother's side i always thought she was from russia just coincidentally some distant cousin of mine did a family history search and found out she was from Lithuania. I don't know. Uh, it's also brought on by an obsessive compulsive manner of practicing. It's not the physical thing, but it's your mental it's changing, state. Changing, changing. Well, that's, that's a whole other thing, Alicia. Yeah. That, you were correct, yeah. but, 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 uh, and, and I was very obsessive and compulsive about my right hand. I, I always sensed a certain stiffness in my play. And I thought if I changed my right hand technique, I could play more fluidly. And, um, anyway, that's probably how I brought, so it makes sense that I got it in my right hand rather than my left hand. Um, 
at one point in this conversation, you mistakenly said vocal dystonia. Vocalists can get it in their vocal cords. Horn players can get it in their embouchure. Um, classical musicians are known to get it more than blues or jazz or rock musicians. Why? Because they are known to be the most obsessive compulsive and their discipline and their practicing. Um, so, uh, it, you know, for, I'd say the first five, six years, I could barely play at all. Um, it, it was, I, I could, I could barely play in time and, and I had no control over the, the pick. It, it was almost as if the pick were gripped by a rubber band, it was just flailing. And it wasn't a matter of only when I dropped it, even when I could hold on to it, it was, I didn't have the control to really play in time. And people would say, why don't you just play with your fingers? And that was not that much easier or better for me. Um, I went to University of California, San Francisco and met with this Focal dystonia expert up there, a Dr. Bile, B-Y-L. This is, you know, 15 years ago when I first got it. I was fortunate enough to be able to meet with her. And she um, encouraged me to stop playing altogether and to try to create, do things that would create new neurotransmitters that would take over for the damaged ones uh, by doing such things as learning how to read Braille taking piano lessons, um, basically teaching yourself to do new things with the same part of your body that is affected with the focal dystonia. Um, the only, and I did all those things, except I couldn't force myself to stop playing. In <laughs> fact, whenever I was playing piano, I'd always be just wishing that I really wanted to be playing the guitar. Um, and I think the verdict's still out on whether how much it helps to completely stop playing. What I started to do is, 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 you know, I tried to very intentionally change my right hand technique. I always played with my, um, my uh, middle finger to my ring finger, my pinky finger outstretched. And again, uh, I just it was my own neurosis. I heard stiffness in my play. And once I got my dystonia, I wished I could play that fluid as before I got it. But I saw a lot of the jazz players like Kenny Burrell and Barney Kessel, Grant Green, a lot of the like 1950s and 60s jazz guitar players that I really loved played with a loose cupped hand. So I tried to change my technique of playing. And I think that's maybe more than anything how I brought it on um, because I was, you know, forcing myself to do something that my brain didn't recognize because it was different than what my brain recognized for 40 years prior to that. How old were you when it came on? I was uh, 56. No, no, I was way, I was 50. It was six months into my 50th year and I'm 66 now. I've been dealing with it for 60. This November, I think will be 17 years. It was November 8th. I remember the day, I can tell you everybody was playing on that gig with us that night. Um, but anyway, you know, at the same time, it's, it's, it's crazy because I used to always wish 
that I could play like Jimmy Vaughn or Anson Funderburg or Ronnie Earl or T-Bone Walker or B.B. King or Charlie Christian. And um, once I developed my dystonia and I saw some video footage or heard some recordings of, you know, us or other bands I had been in before. And I go, wow, now I wish I could just play like me. So it's, it's been kind of a, that it, 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 hard lesson. it it's been a hard lesson to not be so hard on myself mm -hmm. and to just appreciate to be in a play normal and not worry that I wasn't this guy or that guy. Um, and it also, it gave me a great, motivation and great goal to this day when i get up every single morning that's my goal of the day i'm working towards conquering this dystonia whether it ever happens or not i don't know but i can't seem to bring myself to stop focusing on and believing that it can happen um because again and i've, I've seen it improve you know to yeah. a and i like working on it because i love playing the guitar man that's you know a big part of it I don't know. He's so, pretty dedicated and yeah. committed pretty much to everything he puts his heart and mind to. As long as you're not asking me to do it. <laughs> you know, Alicia, no, I, what, find, what impresses me about um, Alicia and Eric is that they didn't stop and say, like Alicia, when Eric brought you on to perform in the in the band, you didn't stop and say, oh, I'm X years old. I'm too old to do this. Okay. You just said, okay, you know, let's try it out. And Eric, when you got the dystonia, a lot of people at age 50 would say, okay, well, my career's over. I'm going to have to find something else to do. But you didn't. You said, you know what? I'm going to find a way to do this. Okay. And I'm going to do it at my best. And I think Alicia, Elise, this is what we talk about in your program is that at every age, we have a new ability. Right. And that's what the two of you both got. You got new abilities and now you're using them. And it's been great for us, you know, to be able to play together. And, and not only that, what's crazy is because of my dystonia, uh, my dystonia came on in, 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 in 2006 we made our very first record together called What a Day in 2000, I think it came out. And then in 2003, our second album came out called Still in Love with You. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we probably would have recorded again by about 2006 or 2007 or whatever, you know, every three or four years because of my dystonia, we didn't record again for another 13 years or between 2003 and 2015 or that's, 12 years or whatever and finally by 2015 alicia was really like saying eric we have to do something new we have to like you know gen generate some kind of buzz but and i go i think i might be okay to try to record again and you know the recording studio is pretty forgiving because if you mess something up you can go back and fix it um and you know prior to this time we always were a cover band um, I mean, when I say a cover band, we were a, a band that was covering what are to most people very obscure 1940s, 50s, you know, jazz and blues songs, you know, covers. So it wasn't like, you know, we were a Fleetwood Mac cover playing those kind of songs. 
But um, but but I had j- jotted down a few like just song ideas. I mean, there were just ideas that came to me. I never, I didn't really consider myself a songwriter, at least not since I was in high school and people used to laugh at my songs. So I decided I <laughs> would just dedicate the rest of my life to learning how to play like T-Bow and Walker. But um, but what's crazy is that when we did record this album, which we thought would just be, again, the coolest blues and jazz covers we could find. We had a, seven original songs on that record. Then we recorded another record called Before the Devil Steals Your Soul, which came out in 2018. That had 11 original songs. And this new one that we just did, which I'm by far the most excited about for a multitude of reasons, um, has 10 original songs songs and just one cover on it which is uh the cover is nina simone's don't let me be misunderstood which i think both Mm -hmm. musically and message wise in every way it fits in pretty seamlessly with our original material so that was also a kind of um nice surprise that came to us as the original songs and the the reason i say came to us is because i didn't really i'm i'm a very intentional guitar player. And I, even before my dystonia, most people would say that I work as hard on that as almost anybody, but the songs, they just kind of started coming. And, and, I, and um, it's, I wish playing guitar was as easy for me as, as it is, 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 is to get the songs. But um, so it's, that's been an other unexpected and a pleasant unexpected twist in our career that just kind of fell into our laps somehow. <laughs> I love that. Oh, um, I just wanted to say a couple things and then I'll, I'd love to hear what you have to say, Alicia, just for our listeners, because we do talk about aging on this show and uh, the unexpected consequences, you know, it sounds like you're able to receive more fully, like the receiving a song from wherever it comes from you know that creativity and sometimes those of us who are pushing pushing it's harder for us to receive or just kind of get that download whatever you want to call it no i hear you um you know i i remember when i was younger and like you know i i was lonely because i didn't have a girlfriend or whatever this is free alicia but my mother (laughs) my mother used to say eric you know the, the, the perfect girl will come to you when you're not even thinking about it, when you're not even looking for it. So, so that's kind of like the songs and that's Alicia too. She came to you when you weren't expecting it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> and I, and you have yeah, that. I, I think it's hard to force things. And I think that, you know, I, I've read and heard a lot of interviews with other songwriters that I admire very much who often say their best songs, they just come to them and they almost write themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. And I saw you guys have a cat. It's not on screen anymore, but there, what's your cat ah, there? Yeah. What's your cat's Rico. name? Rico. This is oh, Rico. hi Rico. If you can't see, it's a cute black and white cat, almost like black over the eyes and then a white nose. Oh, oh my God, so, so cute. cute. With arms outstretched, <laughs> paws yeah. outstretched, but you know, it looks like a little human. He thinks <laughs> so he's like a dog. He follows us when I play. You know, he he lays on top of my amp, or sometimes I play with a vinyl record. He lays on top of the turntable. Oh uh, my god! Have you recorded my, that? 
a friend of mine came over and couldn't believe I let him do that. But this cat can do whatever he wants. <laughs> you could make a video of that. I think it would be, I'm not on TikTok, but I think it would be a viral video. Yeah, I, 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 he also, we have a pool. He goes on a float in the pool with me and the cats generally don't like water, but this cat loves it. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah. I also love that you, this, this dystonia helped you to kind of overcome something that I think everyone pretty much, unless, I don't know, I, I, I know we've, I've suffered from it, but like comparing yourself to someone else or being self-critical or judgmental of yourself. And I, I love that not that you have dystonia, but that you so beautifully explained how it helped you to get over these comparisons to like kind of superstars. Cause I mean, well, most people are going to compare themselves to somebody who's the best, the best. And that happens to a lot of musicians, but it also probably helps stops people from even picking up a guitar. Cause they're like, it's too late. I'm not going to be this person. So I enjoyed that you shared that. And I know Alicia, you were going to say something and then I think we got off track. So do you remember what you were going to tell us? I don't. Okay. Well, if you think of it, please interrupt. So. Something from Alicia. I don't. I don't. I don't know what that. No, was. I was just. Gonna, I was just going to say that each step of, uh, in our lives has been a um, a wonderful surprise. You know, with with uh, challenging ourselves with his vocal vocal dystonia, and uh, you know, so one day at a time, but. We've, we've accomplished so much considering the negative, you know, and Eric, I mean, I'm, I really admire him because he's almost there, you know, and I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and he'll be doing exercises <laughs> in my sleep in his sleep. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy quits. <laughs> but, um, and I mean, of the music too. I mean, I, I personally am so, wonderfully surprised because Eric is, is, is quite good at talking and uh, uh, so his writing but it, it's all a part of uh, for us for me especially it's our lives it's what we do and what we believe in uh, you know we we stand strong on, on uh, social you know commitments and um, so you know it's just been wonderful to have at last our own say you know and and we're and neither one of us are the type of people that look to be famous we never thought of ourselves speak for famous. yourself sister I've been trying my whole life to get famous <laughs> no, I don't we, know what... we just want to play you know we just want to have a, a place to play P play it yeah a, um our passion, you know. Yeah, every everything else is really icing on the cake. The the feeling of playing is um, you know, we had dinner last night with uh, another couple, great great guitar player and band leader, and his his wife plays bass and sings with him. They're just getting ready to go do a seven week tour of Europe at the end of September, but um, but we were talking about a gig that I happened to see them play some maybe a year before the pandemic and um, I, I was so moved by that I actually wrote a little review on it um, that was published in the San Diego Troubadour music magazine but um, you know we're in Scott my friend Scott was telling me that 
when he was driving home from that gig that night, he felt like if he never played again, that that would be okay. That was a great enough note to end on. And I didn't say, wow, man, that's an amazing thing. I said, I know exactly that feeling. I go, there have been nights when I've driven home from a gig, maybe before Alicia and I were even playing together by myself. And I thought, if I get in a car crash and die tonight, this is not a bad way to go out because I can never imagine feeling higher and more fulfilled than, than, than I am right now. It doesn't happen a lot, which is what makes those special gigs so special and so memorable. But when they happen, there, there's nothing like it. And we just had one of those on August 15th. I, I, I mean, I, I'm 66 years old and I thought it was one of the best nights I've ever had playing in my entire life, not just for me, but for the entire band. It was magical. And I'll tell you, since we're talking about aging, another thing that was incredibly inspiring to me is um, I grew up on with Jackson Brown's music, the late for the sky, the pretender running on empty era. And I, I first time I saw him was in 1976 in St. Pete, Florida. And I've seen him, I think, uh, two other times throughout over the past maybe 10 years. And then Alicia and I just went to a show he did at a great outdoor venue in San Diego called Humphreys. Um, we actually play there in their lounge, not, but they have a big outdoor concert stage last Wednesday night. And I thought it would be good. I wouldn't have gone if I didn't think it'd be good, but it was so great that mm -hmm. we decided to get tickets, which we scored some great seats, man, uh, and went to Costa Mesa on Saturday night. And I don't know exactly how old Jackson Brown is, but I think he's probably about 72 to 74. And I believe he and his band are so at the top of their game. I actually pulled up a, a, a YouTube, uh, official YouTube video of them playing at the Capitol Theater. I'm not sure that's the one in Passaic, New Jersey, which is where I grew up. But um, it just says the Capitol Theater from 1976. And, you know, a lot of people would say, OK, that that's when this artist was in their prime. I think he and his band are, are infinitely better now. So in terms, a lot of people think that, you know, by the time you're coming out of your 50s, well, you've hit your prime and it's downhill. But man, was it inspiring to see this guy that and they played for two hours and 50 minutes, five zero minutes. I see all these young bands. I saw the Black Boomers, man, who I love play for an hour and you know and uh you know we saw saint paul and the broken bones play uh, for 90 minutes and like here's jackson brown and his band playing for three hours man it was so that you know i'm i'm, I'm i don't know if i tell you that uh, other than the fact that it really ties in i think to this idea that just because you're getting you know, into to your 70s or whatever, that it's not all over. And in fact, you, you can be better than you ever were. Well, and we have a lot of great musicians out there that we, you know, look at, I mean, Paul McCartney, okay? I, I uh, and there's so many others. And that's why I think when you are passionate about what you do, you keep reinventing yourself. Um, and we have to, and whether we're, 
performers or not, we have to keep reinventing ourselves so we are the best version of ourselves at that moment in time. And the two of you are proven that you've done that. Well, it's it's. It, I appreciate you saying that, Karen. But for Alicia, it may have been a little bit more intentional. She made a conscious decision to like start singing, you know, in, in midlife or whatever, or singing professionally. She's always sang. But for me, with the songwriting, I think that's how I invented my myself. But that was so unconscious and so unintentional. I swear, I never sat down and said, I'm going to write a song. Yeah, I might have just jotted some ideas. Mostly, I'd go out on a bike ride, and I'd come home from my bike ride and go, Alicia, I got this song, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she wasn't so... And this goes back to what Elise was saying about how musicians are known to be less inclined to develop Alzheimer's. But I know keeping your mind sharp, and they yet they have all these, like they say you know, to, to read and to play card games and to, crossword, to puzzles. crossword puzzles. But Alicia, all of a sudden, I mean, she's never been a big one on memorizing things. And all of a sudden, over the past several years, she's got like, she learned 30 of my original songs in the past since, since 2015. So in the past seven years. And, you know, a lot of my songs are pretty wordy. They have a, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, they're not quite Bob Dylan wordy, but, but, uh, and Alicia always hates them when I first show them to her. She goes, I don't really like this song. <laughs> Stop writing your bike. <laughs> no, and, and then, and then after she finally learns it, she goes, honey, I really love the song. And I go, I thought you don't like it. She goes, I didn't like, just as said I didn't like it because I didn't want to have to learn it. <laughs> but she does. And to her credit, man. And, you know, I think that's a great thing, man, for, you know, well, for You're you know, I, I think another thing that comes to mind that I think is really important, um, you know, a lot of women, you've got to have the right woman in your life if you're an instrument, a, a musician, it, either way, you know, because I know so many young girls that, you know, they fall in love with the guy in the band, but, and then it doesn't work out because they expect them to change. They don't change. Musicians don't change. That's right. And, you know, so you have to be the kind of girl that knows that, appreciates that, knows that. Like Roxanne, she was just, she was a mortgage broker and for years. And then she, her husband and her were just hanging out and he taught her how to play bass. And the next thing you know, they're playing bass. She's playing bass with this band. And <laughs> she she's- quit her job. And and now she's writing. She's writing songs. She's writing great songs. So it's like you just never know. That's wonderful. I love all the stories you're telling. And I just also wanted to, there's so many things I want to underline, but we won't get to all of them. That's okay. (laughs) So many things about music that really help us as we age. And also I love that you, the stories about uh, Jackson Brown, because I was thinking in the 70s, I don't know exactly what the life expectancy was, but you know, because our life expectancy is increasing, there's so many more rock stars <laughs> that are aging. And I think we really need to reinvent that idea of rock star, hip hop star, any kind of musical star. And we kind of have, but we kind of haven't. You know, there's always that, oh, they're doing great for their age, or you know, like wow. They're an exception, but I don't think it's an exception. I love the way you talked about he's at his peak. And I think that's happening a lot, but we're missing it. 
And to, uh-huh. yeah, and to be honest with you, we saw him about six or seven years ago, and um, it was a much more subdued and less emotional and less passionate show. And 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 and, and I kind of thought this is you know where Jackson's going in his older years. So <laughs> I was surprised. He you know uh, it, it was. It was unbelievable. That's Ma- all I can say. Mavis tell. Staples. Yeah, Mavis She's Staples. So like <laughs> She's I like saw eight. her too. <laughs> I saw her right before the pandemic. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Mavis's guitar player and band leader, Rick Holmstrom, is a very, is, her band's all uh, Los Angeles guys. So, mm-hmm. so we've known them. I've known most of her band since the early 90s, long before they were part of the blues scene in Southern California, as was I. Um, and um, yeah, in fact, her, her guitar player produced mine and Alicia's very first album that we made together back in 2000. And, um, you know, we go see her pretty regularly. In fact, we're going to go see her together with Bonnie Raitt, who's also, I mean, maybe compared to Mavis, but she's not a spring chicken. I mean, that Bonnie Raitt is also, I've only seen her one other time, but it was really seeing her in 2014 that prompted me to write or jot down these ideas that became our first original record that we made then called Sing Your Own Song, which is the song and the title of the record. And the thing that really hit me about Bonnie Raitt is I've always been such a... uh, traditionalist and a purist about blues that it was it wasn't about letting it come out of me the way it came out of me but trying to be as authentic as I could and sounding like presenting the music and having to come across the way it did by T-Bone Walker or Louis Jordan or B.B. King in the 19 in his 50s or early 60s era because he changed a little bit with time and and um, when I saw Bonnie Raitt, I know that she's an incredible uh, fan and proponent of traditional blues, and she's really helped tried the career tried to help the careers of a lot of Furry Lewis and Mississippi Fred McDowell and Charles Brown and John Lee Hooker and even BB, although he probably needed it the least. Um, and yet, when she played, she's not trying to sound like Big Mama Thornton or Sister Rosetta Thornton. You know, she, Bonnie Raitt is just letting it come out all Bonnie. And that's that it was seeing that show that had this huge impact on me. And this was come when I came home from that, when I jotted down these words about sing your own song, you know, and stop trying to be somebody else who's already done that. And so her, that, her father was a classical yeah. player. He played. Uh, it, was, it was a Broadway. Broadway. Show but, and then, anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, Elise, because you were going someplace else. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. It's all good. I think we're gonna have to wrap it up in a minute. But I just maybe tell us where everybody can get your new album, hey. or you know, it's on digital probably or CD, let unless me, you put out LPs. Well, let me say one other thing about aging and music. The I swear, man. You know, we're watching this Rolling Stones documentary on called My Life is a Rolling Stone on Epics right now. And I would say that Keith Richards probably seems, no matter what he looks like in terms, he probably seems younger than most 35 or 40 year old accountants or insurance salesmen. You, something about being a musician just really does keep you young at heart and young at spirit. I, I truly believe that, man. Okay, mm-hmm. so our record called Got to Believe by Blue Largo 
and it drops this Friday, September 9th. It will be available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and all of those. Um, you could check out our website, bluelargoblues.com. There's a great uh, music video for the first single called the song, A World Without Soul. I don't want to live in a world without soul. And um, you could also order the CD through CD Baby if you want the hard copy. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Sing thank your own song. That's a great I love, I love talking with you guys. And thanks for um, indulging me with my long-winded and rambling stories. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. It's been great. Bye, bye Elise. Yeah, bye, Karen. Care. Have a Thank great you. day, everybody. Bye-bye now. Enjoy. Can't wait to hear your, your new CD. Stuff.